Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A very special flame on the Bear Summit for fall 2012. Oh. Anticipating this will be a seasonal thing we will do. Uh, I am Brian, a bear. I have with me Pat, uh, our talking bear skin rug. Oh. Um, and that's us in Orlando. Now, this is a very special thing because we're actually uh, reaching out to our friends in the gay, geeky, bear-ish podcast community. And so... Uh, in order of screens that I'm looking at, we have Dean from Guy-Fi Podcast. Hi, hey. Dean. How you doing? Dean is staying up very late for us, uh, recording uh, on yeah. a somewhat early Saturday morning, although at this point not so early. Um, so we really appreciate that. Yeah. And we have Jono from Geeks Out up in New York City. Hi, Jono. Um, you've probably heard uh, Jono on one of our earlier episodes with his friend Joey from Geeks Out. Um and last but certainly not least, we have no, yeah. <laughs> our our good friend Bill Z from Comic Book Bears. Hey, what's up, Bill? Which, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, we've been talking about an awful lot. We went to Baltimore Comic Con together uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and uh, I have recently decided and been actually invited and then decided to join the Comic Book Bears podcast as a regular member. Yay! Uh, even though I have been on like probably a fourth of their episodes already, right? Already, yeah. So uh, that's us. Uh, this is our our start to this uh, sort of seasonal gathering of bears. My my vision with this was I want to have this gathering so we can talk to each other, compare notes, promote like crazy, which is always important. Uh, all, all of our various projects, but um, definitely dig into a little bit of the bear community. Uh, we have previously on Flame On done a Bears 101 episode, uh, which I'll probably put a link to in the in the show notes. But uh, that was kind of an entry-level thing for people who didn't know about Bears. This assumes you have at least a little bit of knowledge. Uh, maybe this will be like Bear Summit 102. I don't know. I'd probably abandon that if whole thing. People are listening to Flame On. They're going to know about Bears anyway. You guys talk about it enough. We, uh, are you saying too much? Are you saying because no. I have a complex? No, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's a fine line because nobody else on Flame On is bearish except me. Um, so I feel like sometimes I, I, I domineer that uh, 
Oh, and and of course now with Pat, we have uh yeah. So we out we're outing we're outnumbering them, so it's okay. Uh oh. Everyone, everyone, good. I see Jono yeah. down there. Now you might be watching this. This is actually going out to YouTube uh, through Google Plus Hangout, uh, and then supposedly this will be a video available up on the YouTube for posterity. Um, so if you aren't listening, I would have better lighting. Yeah, I know, right? I, we, we we tweaked our lighting so at least uh, you can see us and it's not being like brightened down. Anyway, um, if it's up, great. If you're listening to us, great. Um, hopefully, you get to enjoy our lovely faces and voices for the next hour or so. So, without further ado, let's jump in. And again, we're not trying to do Bears 101 here. We all know bears are furry, hairy men. Some less furry, some less hairy, some less, I guess, big or not so big. I mean, it's all over. Um, but what uh, I want to talk a little bit about is some of the history of bear culture. And I will admit, I know very little about this. I'm hoping one of or my cohorts here. <laughs> we'll forgive bad puns today. We've already had a couple. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was good. So... Does anyone in this uh, assembled uh, parliament of bears, I like that better, I think, um, does anyone know how this whole bear thing started? No. no. Well, I, I just always, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No? No, I just always thought that it was an extension of uh, AIDS fear, in a sense. You know, that if, if you came across a guy that was, you know, had a couple pounds on him, that he wasn't infected. Wow. And I thought I thought that that was the point where it started to gel, where um, <clears throat> there was an identification, and then from that identification developed its own community. That's what I, at least from New York, that's what I thought had gone down. Wow. Um, I'm doing a wiki, of course, while we talk. <laughs> I am too. I was on Wikipedia looking it up. <laughs> so originally, according to Wikipedia, Bear originated with Richard Bulger. Actually. Uh, you know, I think this was covered in Bears 101. <laughs> I forgot because I'm like, this sounds really familiar. Um, there was a magazine called Bear Magazine, which... That the progenitor of our culture's name is Dick Bulger. Gosh. Hmm. It's, it's, it's like fate. So um, this happened back in the 60s. That's right. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He was born in the 60s. Born in sixty. Oh. Bear magazine came out in 1987. Oh, so it's like a fairly recent thing, at least for that. But I have a feeling that the culture... It did exist prior to that, because I don't think they coined the term, but... Well, there's a bear pride flag, just the way there is uh, in sort of like the leather pride with the black and blue and white. The bear pride is the sort of brown and gold earth tones, and it's got the California bear on it, right? Yes. You got one bear? Oh, we just have no, a pole in actually, We don't have a California bear. No, there's, there's a couple of different variations to the bear flag. Yeah. But the most commonly known one is the... The browns, the oranges, into the yeah. white, gray, and black with a big bear paw yes. in the corner. Yeah. Well, so if there's a if there's a pride flag, if there are emblems, then there seri- there has to be a serious community behind it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be that kind of organizational symbology. Right. Uh, it's it, I've I've always liked it the way that it's a pride community of people taking pride in their bodies and in what they enjoy. Um, which I think is something that the gay community has come around to uh, in its in its own liberation struggles. Yeah, you I know? think uh, I know we've talked a little bit about this before with Eric, our resident muscle guy. Um, the whole Adonis complex, you know, gay men feeling like they have to be these chiseled, sculpted works of Greek art, um, and the bear community is kind of the antidote to that. 
We're like, eh, whatever. Well, that's true. I've always had this interesting look with it where I feel like the gay community isn't really a gay community. It's just that's where we are and that's where the straight community puts us. But with the bear community, I felt like it is a group of people who identify as something and it essentially always just means we like a bit of hairy burliness, whatever big details there are, but that's what it comes down to. And it has more of a sense of community and more of a sense of coming together because it is for that reason, whether it's because you like something or you feel you're that and you don't have a place. I've always felt like the bears give you that place. I like that, actually. And and I'll say that actually mirrors my uh, association with it. Like, I fought the whole bear association for years and years and years, and only in the last couple of years have I actually kind of started to identify and actually embrace that community more. So, What did you fight about it? I don't know. I think I had a whole thing about being labeled, and it was one of those things where I didn't even like going to pride festivals, and I was like, I'm not your normal gay, and I was actually proud if people didn't realize I was gay, even though, you know, I wasn't, try- I wasn't trying to hide it. I was out, but like, I didn't want the first thing someone knew about me to be, oh, this is Brian, and he's gay. You know, it was always like a nice extra detail. In fact, if it was a surprise, that was even better. So I think that's where I was up until, like I said, a couple years ago. Late at night in the back alley. Well, of course, that's that's fine. (laughs) Then it's like surprise. What I think is is can be dangerous about a community of self identification is when it becomes exclusive and the idea that if you join the bear community, then you can't embrace or be a part of the other communities. Or that that's the only kind of guy you're ever going to go for. That's the only kind of guy that's ever going to go for you. That's the only gays that you hang around become the gays that look just like you, which right. is exactly a, the same thing as the Adonis complex, where all the twinks look to each other, the muscle boys, yeah. and um, you know, I'm not as I'm not as big a guy. I guess I would be an otter or a wolf. I don't know. But, I would say otter, um, but I don't know. <laughs> but you know, I went to a bear event at a bar in New York, and I was really outclassed by the grade of bears there and everybody was like a foot taller than me and you know I can get my arms around them if I really tried and, but, <laughs> and but, you did but I got the feeling that like wrong bar dude you know like I I, I didn't feel really looked at there and really? so there is that same exclusivity in any group that people join because if they join to be with people who like what they like that's what they like and so yeah, I found the whole otter bear thing weird. Like, it's just because in my head, I've never seen it as fat and skinny as what a bear is. It's always about the hair and and flannel. I guess that's what it was for me at the start when I was like, woohoo! Yep, lumberjack, lumberjack fantasy going nuts over. Nice. But then, as I kept on getting in, like. A lot of my friends are bears, and the the pub that I live down the road from in Melbourne, the Laird, is my local, and that's where the bears hang out. And a lot of the Adonis and Twinkie boys won't go there. They just won't go to that bar because of what they think is going to happen to them there, which is ridiculous. But it's, it's well, they love it. They love every minute of it, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But the whole skinny otter wolf thing and then big burly bear thing is something I've just found really confusing especially in Australia because we in each state there's bear communities and they're all very different and it's it's more about how that community approaches what their beariness is it's not necessarily what a bear is I, it, for me it's always just the one thing that it all fits to is we like hair and that's why I have sideburns <laughs> very nice too um, yeah. but yeah the hair thing is funny because I know bears that aren't so hairy but they still kind of consider themselves bearish 
I have a good friend, and he he cannot grow his mustache or his beard at all, and he cannot grow any. He has barely any body hair, but he's absolutely a chaser, so to speak. But he's also chubby, so I mean he's cubbish. So you know, it's he like fits. you said, it it's about the hair, but it's also about uh, Charger Stone from the DC Bear Crew, who actually was on the Bear One Hundred and One, um, kind of talked about the idea of a bear and how you can be really any body type as long as you have some of the, the sort of beliefs of acceptance and I don't know, aggression. I don't, not really, but I mean like some of these bearish uh, principles inside. So no matter what your outer, you know, body looks like, you can still consider yourself a bear. Um, Margaret Cho would probably feel the same about that. Like she thinks of herself as a bear trapped yeah, in a little bear. Korean woman's body. Bear. You know, Big old bear. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's interesting. I didn't know about the Australia like regional bear thing. That's that's kind of fascinating. Well, we we just have different states, and I only know this because I've ended up doing gigs at different bear events. And in Melbourne, we're a bit more of a pub culture, uh-huh. and in Sydney, it's a bit more of a dance culture. And yeah, it's just that kind of a thing. When your accent yeah, made made me think you said doing geeks, not gigs. Geeks, gigs, gigs. <laughs> I'll do gigs as well. I'm an equal yeah, opportunity yeah, slot. <laughs> um, well, so uh, talking about body image is actually interesting. And one of the points that I wanted to bring up is bears and health. Because one of the things that I have for many years wanted more was to be in better shape. And I don't really keep that up at all um, in any meaningful way. But one of the things that I've kind of worried about with the bear culture is the lack of awareness and the lack of uh, value in, in like being physically healthy. Um, and especially if, you know, you like being bigger, which I do actually, um, but balancing that, you know, desire to be a little bigger with still being healthy. Um, and I, I think, Dean, I'm pretty sure you are semi-regular gym person, right? Oh yeah, I, I do. I can't get rid of the belly, but I also love my belly. Yeah, like it's it's. I'm lucky. I'm you know I'm quite short and I've got broad shoulders and I, I do it because, oh look, I just love it and it's fun and it's good. But yeah, it's. I mean, with with bears and health, a big kick that's happened in the past couple of years down under is mental health as opposed to physical. Because with good mental health, then the physical comes and it's quite funny because when a lot of um, like my young cub friends they go they hit this point where they're like 25 years old and they're like okay I'm, I'm going to start working on my health and all of this kind of thing and I find this bear guy really attractive and the way they do is do that Adonis thing but then they eat like crazy because they don't want to get rid of their belly and it's this weird thing where and the, so the bears in Melbourne at least just really started a big push on mental health instead of focusing on just the physical which has been really interesting because a lot of they, a lot of guys have come out of the woodworks about depression and, and they actually have meets and talks where everyone just sits around and talks about their problems and it's really good. Wow. That's well, I awesome. Guess, I guess the I jumped dark, off from that. <laughs> the dark side of any kind of, um, I guess, physique pride movement becomes the fetishization of that same physique. And right. I think they have to keep their bellies or they'll lose their bear. Um, yeah. I agree with what Dean said that there's you know, if you're you're healthy inside and you've got a, a, a proper amount of perspective on everything, then I think that'll follow through to your lifestyle choices. Um, but everybody's got to kind of find their own balance and go a little bit crazy and do a bunch of, you know, stupid shit for a while. 
before they, you know, figure it out again. Am I, are we allowed to curse? Can we not curse? Brian? What's that? I said a bad word. Can we do that? Oh, I don't care. Okay, good. I mean, I don't. I didn't flag this as explicit, but I don't know what that. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, actually, I did. I said no minors can listen <laughs> or watch. Anyway, Bill, what were you going to say? No, I was just saying that you know, the, the, uh, and that's tying into what Jonas says. I think there are. You know, we have observed some dangerous things. I think the whole gainer thing, oh. you know, where where people were deliberately, you know, changing their body, you know, changing their body type, um, in a fairly self destructive way you know, to accommodate one particular fetish. Um, and that also ties in with, uh, with, with, uh, what Dean says that, you know, the, um, <clears throat> that's showing me a, a, you know, extreme mental, mental health issue that you would go that route. Um, it, it's tough. It, it's tough because, you know, you, this is a, a community that I think in the end, you know, should embrace your own, whatever your body type is at, you know, as it is, um, but at the same token, I don't think uh, it is a that necessarily should dictate you avoiding uh, trying to get in, into a better place physically. Well, I've seen the movement of you know, uh, some people are just going to be you know at, at my best at my physical peak at twenty when I was a lifeguard during summers, I was still stocky. You know, yeah. I was in shape as could be, but I was still stocky. Wow, let's all take a minute for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you send us pictures? Huh? Yeah. Oh God, yeah, there's there's one picture of me up in the up in the uh, in the lifeguard chair, and then there's the same picture of me in, in the same shot the next year. Cried, I look like the Buddha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have the Baywatch theme running through my head. Yeah. <laughs> I was Go get it. We'll wait. Because it was a swim club with spoiled kids. <laughs> Well, I've seen the movement for like muscle bears, um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of actually curious about that because it seems like that's a way that you could be healthier, but also have some of the bulk that you would want that's fat. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Look, it's different things for different types. I think it's there's uh, something interesting that I've at least experienced and seen in a lot of bears and cubs is we you know a lot of guys come out of the closet and then try to find a place to belong and the bear community isn't isn't the community that is the adonises or the twinks or all of that and it it is something that's completely different and it's great and they jump over to it and then the insecurities that followed them from coming out they don't I I have this thing where I notice in a lot of people where they don't actually quite realize that they're just repeating the pattern again and they're trying to become something because that's meant to be the ideal when at the end of the day whether you're skinny fat a muscle bear whatever what's attractive is what's on the inside and it's your confidence and personality but it's it's like that interesting thing you were just saying about the gainers and losing the weight and uh, i was having a talk with a friend of mine a couple of days ago because he was saying a friend of his doesn't come to the bear events anymore because he lost a lot of weight because of his health and he felt like he was being uh, ostracized from the group or things like that and that was actually and I, I was there sometimes when he was like that and we realized that that was actually his confidence because when he lost all that weight he felt he couldn't be a part of the bear community anymore and and it's it's just interesting how we can just go around in these little gay cycles where we can just get into our own heads and go around in circles and the community's there to help but we've got to want to let it yeah that's sad because the bear community should is and should be one that people really want to belong to. It it can it, it is very welcoming and like the impression I received as I was sort of growing up and developing into the homo that you know right here. Um, it's 
for men who look like men and that who necessarily aren't trying to change their bodies into the gym queen. It's grown men who aren't trying to like never eat so they stay like lean and twinky like eels. Um, and instead it's just, it's about, it, it seemed like it was about something else, not what you look like or how often you worked out. And, and, and in that regard, it seemed very welcoming. But then when you get in, realize that people are just people. And so everywhere's obsessed with what they look like, especially if you're trying to attract another man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, there's nothing less interesting than someone obsessing over what they or other people look like. And it's too bad because a lot of bears are really interesting guys, really interesting people with other things going on in their lives that you really wouldn't get to because you're like, oh, is my belly too big? Mm. Are my shoulders too small? And I, I do think it's uh, interesting, touching on something you just said there, is um, I, at least in the bear circles I've run into, um, you do see a lot of guys who are recently who have recently come out. You yeah. do you do see a lot of people that transition, and I can I can appreciate that. You know, if you if it's somebody who has basically led a straight life, you know, it, it's a lot easier for people who you know carry an interest of sports over to, to bears. You, you find a lot more people who are into sports in the bear community. You find a lot more people who are into rock music in the bear community. Um, there there is it's it's almost like this. It, it's an easier transition, I think, for a, a, for a number of guys if, if they are going to move and self-identify into one particular community. Um, I, I think you do see that. Uh, you do see that a bit. Well, there's a projected and almost performed masculinity to the bear community, right. probably right. very comforting to someone who is confronting that question of their sexuality. Um, you know, I think that is also an attractive alternative that there is something manlier about the right. bear. Community, or it see, it can seem that way, and therefore, not that it's at all less gay. I mean, talking through there, but yeah. you know, like almost a way, almost a way of admitting, you know, of coming to terms with your sexuality, and at the same token, you know, you know satisfying, as you said, satisfying, yeah, um, yeah. particular yeah. hang-ups yeah. or you know whatever. Harry address it about about masculinity. Well, it's also the, the bear community is a bear community. You've got people in their 20s. You've got people in their 50s. It's actually a community that you can be a part of when you're a very young, at a young age and stay with for the rest of your life. You can't say that about the twink community. And, yeah. and uh, well, and I, I keep going back to twinks. It's just you definitely have parallel. a sell-by date in some of those but, others. But, yeah, <laughs> like there's a, lot of other, there's a lot of other groups and communities where once you hit that expiry, you've just got to get out or else you're that aging queen on drugs in the back of the club. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> Saw some of those last night. Um, well, one of the things, every week. one of the things that uh, in, in Orlando here that Pat has kind of helped me discover is this bears in the city, or I mean, Barioke kind of is the focal point. Uh, a group of people. I mean, it's kind of a bear crew, but without calling it that. And and what's nice is they're not all bears. It's it's a it's kind of the bear mentality thing without it being everybody's you know looks the same. Everybody's big, burly, and and whatever. But it's it's refreshing because, like you said, we have people, we have younger people, uh, usually they're chasers, but not, I think, always. Um, certainly not always. And then it ranges all the way up to people in their 60s and even, I think, some of them maybe 70s. So, I mean, it's, it's a refreshing amount of uh, men and even some women, actually, that like to congregate and hang out and have the social circle and like to sing karaoke. Um, or just hang out like there's a trivia night thing too coming up. So I mean, that has been my experience with the bear community, 
and I've loved it so far. The one experience I had before that was this club called uh, Full Moon, and I think Dean, you said something about the straight uh, the twinks that go to a bear bar and they think they're going to be raped or you know. Oh yeah. Well, that was me. <laughs> my first my first time I went with a couple friends of mine, and I, I was just kind of curious. I was like, well, this this will be interesting. I I had been to like one or two gay bars, but I'd never been to this this saloon and. The thing about Full Moon that was intimidating is you go in, it's very dark, very bar-like, whatever. But out back, they had this huge, open, kind of outdoor area with picnic benches and uh, uh, trees and kind of your typical little hidey, you know, private spots, but a lot of open area. I swear, I just sat, I stood there for like 20 minutes and I felt like people were just like destroying me with their eyes. You know, I just was so (laughs) freaked out. Uh, and my friends were under 21, and it was 21 and up. So I think we were all nervous for them to get kicked <laughs> out, you know. But, I mean, we just stood there like terrified little twinks and, and eventually left because we were just like, oh. But, um, you know, that was my but first isn't funny, experience. Isn't it funny that we do that to ourselves? Like, I mean, here in Melbourne, we've literally got a river running through Melbourne. And you're either, in the gay community, you're either a north side or a south side. You're on one side or the other. And and both have a different sensibility to them. Like, the, the one that I'm on has the pubs and the clubs where you can happily, you know, just wear your sneakers and shorts. But on the other side of the river, where a lot of my friends are, who won't come over to this side, you know, if I go out clubbing with them, I do get the whole, oh, you're going to wear that? And I go out of my way to dress specifically the way that I know will irritate them because I'm like, <laughs> this is the side of the river that I'm on. But isn't it fun? But it's, it's, it's that interesting thing I get with the, the lead, which is this great pub, and it's, got, it's the only gay pub in Melbourne that has a big garden. And it has a big beer garden and lots of space and outdoor space. And we had the same thing where we have a trivia once a week called It's a Cock Out that was a bear trivia. And and as it evolved every single week, it's now become a really big general trivia. But still, the young guys won't come to it, even though they hear it's great and get told it's fantastic and say they really want to because it's at that pub. And all you can do is give them opportunities to come and experience it for themselves and see what they're going to pick up. But it's funny how we give ourselves that kind of fear when we're younger about what's going to happen to us at this place and that cycle can just perpetuate for the rest of our lives. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not worried about it now. I think the last time I felt that way (laughs) is when I went to the Eagle in D.C. Um, But actually at that point even, I was kind of like excited because it was like, oh, I've never been to the Eagle. And I was so disappointed because it was so tame and like nothing of, of any importance was happening. It was it was it was mid Atlantic leather, and there was wall to wall people, but they were just standing and just kind of cruising, and it was just it was it was awkward. But it's also well, hard to gauge gauge bars like that when when there is an event in town. True, that, you know that's that's. Uh... I wouldn't say that was an average night there. Oh no, I've I've heard you know yeah no obviously but but it was just that was my experience. <laughs> hey, so, I can know. say that wasn't an average night there. Oh, is that where you went after you left town? I see how it is. <laughs> when we uh, were up for Baltimore, we went to the I'm retired. Uh, yeah. uh, we went to town, the uh, the home yeah, of the Bear Happy Hour up there in D.C. And town is funny because it's a Bear Happy Hour, but it's. Uh, it's weird because I guess it is a happy hour. People are just standing around talking, but it's like a huge, big open space uh, with a DJ, and it, everyone's just kind of standing in one place, um, yeah. no dancing. And I'm sitting there listening to this music, and I'm like, "Don't you want to dance a little bit?" And no one's dancing, so I'm just like, "Okay," but it's fine. We had a good time. Um, don't let them stop you. No, I don't. But then someone said something like, 
honey, you don't dance. I think they were joking because they felt the same way, but it was just like weird. So. Um, let's talk about bears in the media because uh, in the last, well, couple of years, really, we've had a kind of a, a renaissance, although that implies rebirth, I guess. So a birth of uh, bear popular media, so to speak, uh, things that are not just in the back alley corners of porn and, and our specialty magazines. Um, I think really the first one, and I, I could be wrong, was either I, it must have been Bears in the City, um, because that movie not, not not Bears in the City no Bear City God Bear City I do that so Bear City came out what like three or four years ago now hmm. um Did it do that long two years gotta, uh, okay two it's been a while yeah because there's a sequel now yeah, yeah we just uh, yeah they just uh, in theaters right now or kind of this weekend or something yeah they just had the premiere in New York this weekend. We uh, we had an event the other night, uh, and one of the cast members was there. Uh, my boyfriend won three tickets to the movie. What? Uh, well, who was the Ooh. cast member? Gerald. Um, shit. Gerald something. Gerald McCullough. Yeah, hot salt and pepper bear. Ooh. It's the heart. Yes, but okay. he's got a, he's got a little twink boyfriend. Figures, oh. but um, he was there too with one of the producers of, of Bear City Two, and this was you know, a stocky gentleman in a blue shirt with a big, luxurious, dark beard and kind of wavy hair. I didn't know who it was, but I waved my friend over who knew them all, Joey Stern, who's barrier than I am. Um, and I said, I don't know who that is, but I think he's kind of hot. And if he told me to do something, I would do it. <laughs> and it turned out that he was a, you know, a producer, so it's even better. Oh, casting couch, huh? Bear City and Bear City 2. Yeah. So, so Bear City came out, I guess, two years ago. Yeah, there was one movie though that I, I'm surprised does. I guess because it's a foreign movie um, that doesn't get more um, have a bigger rep as, in terms of like the first mainstream. And there was a movie in 2004, a Spanish film called Bear Cub. Oh, I see. Oh, that's, I'm yeah, and, and that was it, this one. This movie is like screaming for a Hollywood remake because it totally could work. Um, but th- that I-, I think that really should get uh, a little more notoriety than it does. It's a great movie. It's I haven't seen movie. it. Do you know if it's on Netflix? Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix. Uh, oh streaming. yeah, I'm at streaming, but yeah. Um, so it's, can I ask what is Netflix? Just to quickly, because you always, guys always talk about it. I've got no. You clue. don't have Netflix. We don't have Netflix in Australia, or if we do, I don't know about it. Is it just where you stream your stuff? It's a movie streaming site and service where you used to be able to rent DVDs like three or four months and just mail them back and forth and you paid a membership fee. Oh, that's cool. It's great. And then it went to streaming lots of stuff online. Okay. Okay. I still have okay, both. Cool. You can still get the DVDs if uh, if you so choose. Yes. Uh, I actually canceled my DVD part and I just have the streaming. So, so Bear Cub is a Spanish film. You said it came out in 2004. Yeah, I think... I think you've basically said why it's not as well known as yeah. Americans don't like foreign films by and large. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot unfortunate. Of great, a lot of uh, the the storyline is about um, uh, there's a bear who's a dentist in uh, in in Spain in Madrid, and his uh, sister ends up going to jail for a dr- uh, because of a drug deal, and he takes care of his nephew, and it's basically all you need to know in terms of the ger- you know in terms of the germ of it. And there's just some. There's a, a lot of uh, really charming lines in it. Like um, when he's it, when the, the nephew's being introduced to all of his friends, he's like, "This is going to be hard because we all look alike," you know. 
and uh, the uh, the lead is remarkably charming, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and it's one of those movies where you know this is one of those situations where I think Hollywood could actually do a pretty good job in their own take, especially yeah. now since it, since the the concept is a little more mainstream. Well, so yeah, so so Bear City really has opened the door for things like a sequel to Bear City, Bear City Two, um, and of course. My favorite whipping, uh, whipping horse. Is that right? Whipping, whipping something. Anyway, uh, where the bears are, which yes. uh, I had thought about reaching out to the people who make that show and, and interviewing. I still might in the future, but hopefully they don't listen to anything I've ever said about it. Because <laughs> thus far, and I think Pat would definitely agree with me here, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm only three episodes in. And what do you think? Yeah, I keep screaming about the editing. Yes. That's what drives me the craziest the most, because I'm like, I get it, it's cute, it's fun, we get the joke, I love the idea of it, there are some hot guys, and it's very funny and great, and I would just be happier if it was a little tighter. Yes. I think you- That's what I take I'm away sure with it. I'm sure they hear yeah. that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like only three episodes in, and I just before we started talking, I thought, I'll have a look what they're up to, because we, I watch it once a week with a group of friends at the pub. And we'd started a couple of weeks ago. And we were like, oh, there's like 17. Okay, I'm way behind. Yes. Because they're like three or four minute little micro episodes. And I think overall it'll probably be like an hour, however many, hour and a half. But like you said, the editing isn't tight enough. And I agree. But I think the writing is fundamentally flawed. They're very charming people. Like I I don't not want to watch some of the what they're doing. Although some of them can't act at all. Like they're there for eye candy. But yeah, um, that's Joe is it Joe Deedle? He's amazing. I like him a lot, and both as a as eye candy and as you know, an actor and as you know he's got he's he's pretty funny, you know being the kind of dumb. Uh, I guess uh, if you go in for like he's a Golden right. Girls comparison, it could be like the what's her name? He's um, yeah, but I I just I don't know. It's 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 oh there goes the light. <laughs> um, Natural light. Yeah, the. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, Jono, you've seen it, right? Uh, I I dipped my toe in. wasn't my yeah. brand of soda. Yeah. And it's a shame because it's getting a lot of notoriety. A lot of bear bars. Uh, well, I say uh, a lot. I love it. I wanted to love it. Who doesn't want, like, a fun web series for bears, by bears? Right. Um, FBBBD. Um, but eh, it's sort of the, the way that any subcultures uh, – self-generated media at first and early on is usually really terrible right. you know like i you still it's a crapshoot to go to a gay movie that makes it to the theaters that yeah. if it's at any good you know oh. um, and so web series by their very wonderful democratic nature that hey obviously anybody can make one yeah it's you want it to be good you want to support these kids that are being creative and proactive and making something that they want to see but they just do it so badly i know you're you hit it on the head with the gay cinema thing i am shocked that as much as people think hollywood is run by gays and jews that there isn't better gay content and jewish content really i mean if the gays are folded into the studios and they work on all the straight movies and that's why you get Dennis O'Hare and Stanley Tucci as like the third lead, confidant, sassy elevator ride up to the office with Meryl Streep. You know, it's <laughs> uh, the stuff that's an independent studio where the money would have to come from a gay audience. Right. 
it's not there. So it's the whole niche thing. It's just uh, it's, it's too well, narrow of a market. If people think that they won't see themselves in the movie, then they won't go, and that's a real flaw in the sort of movie-going philosophy. If you're supposed to go and see something else, you want to look, see yourself, stay home. Yeah. But um, I think that's why most straight guys don't go to gay movies because a guy puts himself in the role of the hero, and all of a sudden the guy he's pretending to be is kissing another dude. And, you know, well, that and they're not very good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I'd love it if there was more. And I, I, I went through this period after university where I bought tons because I was going to support queer art. And I have all these DVDs that I think I've watched once and I will never want to touch again because, oh, they're just not good. Have you seen The Outs, a web series called The Outs? No. I've heard you talk about it, Jono. It sounds really good. Look it up. It's very good. It's not very it's Brooklyn, it's gay, it's very smart, it's, um, it's really beautifully shot, which is a huge, huge deal for um, a web series because they, they did a Kickstarter crowdfunding and they got like $25,000 because people loved the series that they had made themselves and so they can afford like good cameras and, and rehearsal time and stuff like that. And so it's sort of cinematic television quality on the web series. It's gay, it's really smart. Um, Check it out. It's good music, too. We, good music. we have one as well here in Australia called... Well, it was called Queer as Fuck. And uh, it was actually made by, by the Victorian AIDS Council and they they funded it. And it actually had a lot of Melbourne comedians, queer comedians, straight comedians, all working on it. And a lot of a great production to the point that now they've changed the name this season because they're making a... They're trying to make a pilot to get it into t- national TV. I think, which I kind of love. There's a Queer as Fuck uh, thing on Netflix... And we watched about 10 minutes of it, and it was a Barbie doll or Ken doll or, or actually Billy, I should say. Oh, I'll show you my Billy doll here. So the Billy doll kind of like, you know, animation, uh, stop motion. Does that sound like – did they do anything no, no, like no, – this is this is different. This is actually acting and okay. um, edited, and I'll put it on the flame on wall. Yeah, please do because this thing was terrible. It was so <laughs> terrible – that I stop, we stop watching the rest of it. We're like, okay, forget this. This is really bad. So I think, um, the, bear, I think the bear community is really ripe for like a, a network sitcom. You know, it should be the next. It should be the, the big yeah. bear theory. You know, the next yeah. quirky subculture that gets the sort of squeaky clean sitcom treatment. Maybe stays a little edgy if it was on Showtime or something. But like it, I feel like that bears could, for good or ill, become the next sort of tokeny uh, character like all of a sudden the nattyly dressed three piece suit wearing like co-worker of the female lead will be a burly bear guy yeah. instead of like the just a generic sassy slim gay well or, Sarah Silverman well, did this as well hmm? sorry well, with Modern Family and the gays being seen bigger, and, and and yet they're still queenie and everything, like it's it's ready to take that step. It's just, and this is the problem with bears making things for themselves is they've had these jokes and it's so internal. And actually, when they put it all out into the world, it's it's not fresh or done in a way that really opens to the market of other people. And then bears kind of go, well, we know that we saw that joke coming five seconds ago. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen Sarah Silverman, the her show? Yeah. Yes. So the two gay – what I loved about that show is Brian Posner and I forgot the other guy's name. They were bears and gay and, I mean, together on the show, but they were so just there. They didn't make a production of it. They didn't really dig into too much of it. They just – it was just a fact. It was like a, you know part of the reality of the show. And 
I thought that was breathtaking because it wasn't the focal point, but they were just there. You know, I'd love to see more of that. Gay characters that are there in a way that supports the show, but isn't the focus, isn't the comic relief, you know, the Paul Lind sort of element of the show, you know? But you know what? I reckon if that happened, then people would be complaining that that they're, they're just those side characters and they're not the main thing. Like, I, I agree, it would be fantastic if if gays and lesbians are portrayed differently. But ultimately, when we get that, we're not going to be happy with that either. Well, right? you, you make a good point, and I think a comic book, so transitioning to our, our geekiness here, um, a lot of times gay characters in comics, people will complain that they're not gay enough, that they don't do enough gay things. They don't have relationships. They don't make out on the, in, the, in, the, in the issue and all this stuff when it's the same arguments. Like, but you just want it to be like normal parts of the show or parts of the episode or issue. You don't see all the other characters making out all the time. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, this is why I love um, what Dan Slott's done with, in Spider-Man with Peter Parker's boss, mm-hmm. who's gay and he's big and he's got a beard and, and he's not a bear. And uh, I wouldn't term him as a bear and he's not being termed as it. But we have a gay side character that's just fat and hot. It's good. I didn't even know about that. That's awesome. And, of course, recently we have the gay Wolverine in some alternate Earth. Extreme X-Men? Yeah, with Dazzler. Um, I haven't read that issue yet, so I don't know if they're camping it up or not. But, I mean, they're introducing him, so I'm sure it's like a, a, a comment he makes. The idea, they introduced the idea in the second issue with just a, a throwaway line. And then uh, the issue three, which came out this week where we're recording now, actually... Um, I just read something before we started where it apparently gets confirmed. So I haven't read that yet. Well, I found it... I mean, his son, Dokken, is bisexual. And so I've enjoyed, even though I don't like the character that much, I've enjoyed the kind of passing remarks that he's made in different issues. You know, I think he's more trisexual, though. Like, because he has this power to control people's pheromones, he'll just use anyone and Uh. anything... You know, so it's it's everyone was excited about him being bisexual, but then as his solo series went on, a lot of people were frustrated by it because it, it, they were kind of like, oh well, he's not really being bisexual, or it was the Captain Jack thing where you only see the bisexual man only ever flirting with men, right? And then when he flirts with women, it doesn't feel right, and it was kind of like he'll manipulate anyone and anything to get what he wants, but when it was a serious relationship, it was always with a woman. So I, I try to remember, I think we talked about this on Comic Book Bears once, but Bears in comics, I know we had a very short list. Yeah. Uh, Bill, do you remember who was on that very short list? Well, yeah, it, it, had, it had been a bit confused with, um, I, I think the question had been posed about hot daddies. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that too. Right? <laughs> you know, so, we were, so we were getting, you know, we were getting some entries of, you know, some people like Jay Garrick and Magneto, which I, I never would lump them in. Um, I think you see it. I, I think what uh, uh, Dean's making a point. You, you are seeing, starting to see some bearish characters as supporting characters. Um, the Black Cat Mini. She, one of her ops, was uh, African American guy who was, you know, basically cut from that cloth as well. Um, you know, I, I think it's 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 like say a character like Vandal Savage is someone I would definitely classify as a bear like especially how he's being um portrayed in demon knights you're seeing it more with villains i think more than heroes yeah but then you do have some heroes i'd say hercules which we use as our thumbs up guy and there you know is you 
it depends. I think Thor could potentially be bearish. It depends. So much depends upon the, the on the depiction. Though. Yeah, the artist. Yeah. Um, people like uh, uh, oh god, my brain's quietly or Koipel who draw like these very broad-shouldered, thick people. Yeah. Uh, that works a lot better than some of the other artists who just are all spindly. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any X characters that are sort of bearish. I mean, Alpha Flight, I, guess, I think we talked about Puck. Yeah. Wolverine, when they, you know, show him, like, half-clothed, he's always mm-hmm. got that crisscross body hair thing all up and down his arms. John Byrne used to do that a lot. He made yes. Wolverine real fuzzy. Um, Beast was a bear, obviously. Before of course. the blue fur, even. Yeah. Beast, too. Yes, he does. Um, but he's coming back. Uh, that, that'll be interesting uh, with the uh, return of the original X-Men to see the pre-blue furry cat-like thing that Beast is now. <laughs> What's that? I saw some sort of teaser that he's going, that current continuity Beast is going to keep mutating or perhaps mutate farther. Uh, uh, oh, God, really? From Super Cat to I don't know what. Uh. Take yeah, him back yeah. to just the blue fairy with the Wolverine hair, where he was cute, but oh, loved it. It's a, uh, they leaked a couple of the pages from All New X Men One, and they took out key parts of it. But in the dialogue that they did release, it showed something about um. Peter, I don't think I think he was talking to Emma, and he makes a comment about the fact that he's still mutating. Oh, Bendis. Yeah. Well, but this is an idea Grant Morrison seeded uh, back with the all-new X-Men, or, or new X-Men, is, you know, Beast had... Everybody had the secondary mutation thing, and Beast's was, I'm going to become more cat-like, you know, and then he did that thing in the far future, you know, I forget what it's called, but where he had even mutated even more somehow, you know, so... Um, yeah. I think, are there any other but- bearish... Well, uh, in the X-Men? Or just oh, in general? in general. I was trying to think of Saber X-Men. Tooth. Sabretooth, yeah. Uh, uh, we've got... What's his name? Um, in Alpha Flight, not Puck, the... Wendigo? Not the Yeti. There was a <laughs> Wendigo, but the, the Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. Oh, but that's not Wendigo? No, Wendigo's oh, white Wendigo. Sasquatch. Oh, I'm orange. a bad Alpha Flight reader. I think cable? I read it like twice. Would you say Walking Cable's a bear? Yeah. Sorry? Sorry, uh, Mike. Connections coming in and out. I, I apologize. Guys. It's that Dalek you have in the back there. I see him. He's doing stuff. <laughs> uh, I was actually thinking about Doctor Who and bears, but honestly, there's really nothing. Uh, the, Doctor Who's been Craig. great for gay culture lately, but it, the bearish, not so much. Craig, his roommate. Craig. <gasps> oh, that's <laughs> good call because Craig James is amazing. Um, James Corden. James Corden. Yeah, oh. yeah. That that episode. This, the first one's great. But the you second fell one was chair when I said that. Did everybody see? <laughs> Brian fell off his chair. <laughs> Listen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The second episode where he's mistaken for the doctor's partner with their baby is amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. So perfect, and I love that the doctor even kisses him at one point, I think, or like, I, I don't know. I was very pleased to see that when Moffat took the reins from Davies, even though Moffat's not gay, he made sure that that, that, sub, that, 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 that whole kind of accept everybody kind of theme and then even having gay characters carried through. I love the, the recent episode, Town Called, Town Called Mercy, where he's going to get on the horse, and the, the priest is like, or the minister's like, Oh, that's uh, Joshua from the Bible, and and the doctor's like, actually, his name is Susan, and he asks that you respect his life choices. <laughs> that was the one good thing out of that entire episode. I don't say that. See, listen. Okay, I love. No, the other good thing was uh, Ben Browder, and you should absolutely agree because I believe Farscape was filmed in your country. It was, it was, and he was very hot. And you know how excited I was for Cowboys and Doctor Who and Cowboys and Rory in a cowboy hat. I was really <laughs> ready for it. And I was just like, oh, God, you're killing me. He was hot and he looked great, but yeah. <laughs> so, John, yeah, did you like this episode? No did I? Yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it was enjoyable, but it, I, I made this comment, I think, on Facebook. It feels like, and maybe this is the point, that the Doctor is killing time with Amy and Rory before whatever event happens tonight. Um, yeah. Because tonight's the season finale for uh, the Pons. Um, like, it just feels like they're, he's, he's pretending vamping. that there are these missions to go on just to hang out with them, which is cool, which would be fine. But A, we can tell that there's something else that we're all waiting to see. And B, it just wasn't that great a diversion, I guess. Although... The fun, like, backwards-in-time seeds about leaving your phone charger in Henry VIII's so, study, and then yeah, that in a later episode, so he's, like, right. backwards-in-time with them. I've been wondering about that, and I actually had a conversation at work about that. I was saying that I thought that was probably us reading into it, because other things make me think that it's... Anyway, this is totally off the bare beaten path here, <laughs> but um, I've been... So, so you you're, you bears. think that's true we, too? Then we leave the path. We go and scratch. We stick our hands in honey pots, and you know <laughs> that that I think is the real bear health issue: is getting your hands stuck in jars. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's the, like you're two jars of honey on the ends of your arms, and the house is get, catches fire. <laughs> you hit the doorknob with two jars of honey. You can't open the door to get out. It's ridiculous. That that's the big bear health. I agree. Everyone needs to be very aware. <laughs> aware of honey. Oh, honey is dangerous. Um. So yeah. Anyway, Doctor Who. That'll be amazing tonight. So, uh, what other bears in like comics, video games is another thing I listed, and I listed it because I used to like watch or listen. I don't remember what it was. They had some like bears in video games article out there on the internet, and the only one I can remember. Well, there was a weird Japanese game, and I forgot what it's called, but it had all this hyper-masculine but very kind of homoerotic imagery. Um, but then Zangief, of course, from Street Fighter, 
is the other, you know, big uh, bearish character I can definitely remember. Um, does anybody else remember, remember any? Um, I don't play the game. Do y'all remember Masters of the Universe, the He-Man? Yeah. Cartoon? Oh, my God, Fisto. yeah. You remember Fisto with the big metal <laughs> And he had, like, a purple and silver tank top, a beard, and, like, a pompadour. Tell me that wasn't the He-Man thing. Purple but cartoons are things. They, back then in the 80s and uh, the, the cartoons, that was a, a guy when he was strong and, and masculine or a leader. Like, it was he, was he had the beard and he had the broad shoulders and <laughs> that's possibly where my love for all of it comes from is those 80s <laughs> cartoons. He was so and different then, from He-Man, the pretty boy with the blonde, like, Anna Winslow page boy. The <laughs> big macho, burly, you know, that, you know. A little bit darker, but he had kind of red hair on top. This was fantastic. Yeah, he's kind of a ginger bear. I mean, he's got the red hair, a giant, giant fist. I mean, totally disproportionate, but I guess just, you know, extent, you know, whatever. But if the figure, the action figure, if you pulled its arm back, it was on an elastic, and it went like that. <laughs> Pull the arm back. go like this as a punch. Did it say Eileen when it did it? <laughs> Eileen? Just breathe. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that can't be the actual action figure. Someone's made this, like... Nope, nope. I swear to you, that was the Fisto original Masters of the Universe action figure. And he had a, a an Asian Oriental nemesis on the Skeletor side who had a big, like, metal choppy hand. Oh, God, I remember that. If you pulled his arm up, it went chop, chop, chop down. Oh, but my Fisto, God, yeah. So evidently there are different, like eras of the Masters of the Universe, and there's a couple pictures online if you do a Google search. Um, there's the original one, which is whatever, and the middle one is like kind of impressive, actually. He's got like this kind of hairy, sort of loincloth-y thing, and a, it's like a belt. And then his, his, his top half is like ribs. I don't know if I like that as much. But uh, definitely very bearish. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what other video game. I mean, I, do you guys? Do you know what I'm talking about with that Japanese game? I wish I could remember what it's called. Uh, Japanese are always doing crazy stuff. So let's talk <laughs> about manga because you know why we're talking about Japanese. Does everybody familiar with Bara here? No. Really? None of you? Oh. So tell us. Manga, of course, we know about manga. It's Japanese uh, cartooning. Um, Tezuka and Miyazaki and all these different people who've been doing it for years. Um, Not Astro Exactly. Bara is the... Okay, so I guess I should back up. The gay anime, gay manga that is written is primarily written by female uh, Japanese women and it's written for Japanese women who like reading about gays uh, or, or very feminine men who are either gay explicitly or implicitly it's like implied. This is hard to follow. <laughs> it's kind of weird but it's it, basically Japanese fag hags like to fantasize about their gay friends that's what it is um, but it's called yaoi and it's very hyper feminine so they're men but they look like women basically well bara is the alternative or kind of op, you know whatever to that where it's gay manga written by men primarily for men not for women so the men are more masculine what's that big burly japanese dudes having cartoon sex pretty much 
Well, I've seen that. I just don't know if that's the title <laughs> of what it is. <laughs> well, it's a lot of... I just didn't know it was called Vara. Yeah, on Tumblr, I can actually show you or send you some uh, uh, feeds. <laughs> please do, please. I mean, I, I'm not... A, it's funny because I didn't used to really consider myself a big fan of, like, illustrated, you know, gay stuff, but whatever. But I've been getting into Tom of Finland stuff, which is another kind of bearish uh, sort of uh, source of imagery from, like, way back from the 60s. Um... And then more this, on the leather side, but yeah. a little, yeah, more on the leather side. But I mean, his men are definitely not twinkish at all. They don't have beards very often, but they're, they're also impossible. They have like eggplants, <laughs> like in waist the size of their necks. You know, it's fun stuff, but you know, yeah, and their asses are all in crazy proportion, and yeah, Ooh. yeah. I found it. Bears in Games is a website. It's actually wow. a blog. It hasn't been updated since. October 21st, 2010. But there's actually video segments they did where they show uh, various uh, video games with bears in them. And uh, there's a bunch of them up here. So I'm just going to... I'll put it up in the show notes. Uh, if they're still out there somewhere, they should probably... I should find them. and Post it on the Flame on uh, Facebook wall. Yeah. Oh, well, they have that too. So they have some videos where they're actually playing games. But I believe some of the ones that I had seen are actually just like video retrospectives of bears in games. So we'll leave that as a homework assignment for the listeners to go to the Flame On Wall and uh, check this out, which I am posting now. Um, so let's I'm, talk. Go, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Hawkman to turn gay. Hawkman. I want Hawkman to turn gay. The DC hero with the hairy chest and the forearms and the mm-hmm. harness. Uh, I was talking to Will Clark last uh, the other night at uh, one of our Geeks Out events. Will Clark's an event promoter and an ex-adult film star. Uh, and he got very excited by the idea of a Black Party Hawkman costume for Comic-Con. Like with the, he says that leather shops make these whole face hawk masks. And, you know, he's got plenty of harnesses, Will Clark. God bless <laughs> So... It's all coming together, but Hawkman would be my candidate. He carries that mace. What do you want? John Carter. He's a. Uh, is it uh, no Carter Hall? Carter Hall. Carter Hall. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking John Carter of Mars, and yeah. yeah um, does she? Does she always have to be a woman when she reincarnates? You know, Ooh. she'd be a hot little ginger boy, wouldn't it? Hawk boy, <laughs> hawk dad. Oh, yeah. That's a hero. Yeah, Shira's soul is ginger. I mean. <laughs> Um, I have a random question that's sort of related to the black party thing. When did suspenders become the thing to wear at these parties? Because I've seen a lot of pictures of people in suspenders, and I think it looks goofy, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I missed the memo. You just hold your pants up where you can have your fly open. Huh. (laughs) speaking practically. Okay. I guess. Functional. Yeah, is nodding. Nodding sagely behind you. (laughs) So why do you think it looks goofy? I don't know. I don't. I just. I, I've, I've shown you pictures of me in braces, so now I'm curious to see what you think. I don't remember well, your pictures it, looking it, goofy, but I just don't remember. Like, like I'm talking about the really thin black suspenders. Like that's, and they're shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay. Put, it off put your braces on. <laughs> but okay, so Dean, then let me ask you: Why did you choose that outfit? 
You oh, are I just getting, lo- you're going to wear that. You are giving him. You're going to wear that all the way. You know what? I actually love. I've got nice broad shoulders. It it sits nicely against my nipples, and the way it actually just contours down my body is really sexy and hot. Plus, it's a little bit of hardware, but not too much. Okay. So it's not a functional thing to keep your pants up. It's just for the nipples thing, oh, which I understand I'm, I'm, the nipples thing. Trust me. But um. You know. With my belly, my pants are too. Uh, my pants are always too small, so they they stay up just fine. They just sit where they need to sit. Okay, there you go. I just I, I just started seeing it recently, and I just was curious because I'm like I I don't know. Just suspenders to me have always been one of those things. Although the doctor rocks suspenders in a bow tie, I will say that. So he's brought it back. Um, what else do we want to cover with this bear summit other than massive promotions? Because there's that is of course huge, and we can jump right into that too. Actually. Let's promote um, our you want to? Pr- now, I'll start with Geeks Out, because, and actually Bill as well, New York Comic Con is coming up. Uh, probably, this should go out next Friday, and I say next Friday, meaning, you know, you guys are listening to it. So basically, when you're listening to this, New York Comic Con, I believe, will either have just started or, no, it's a week away. So it, two, weeks, two weeks from last Thursday, so. Okay, so it'll be coming up. Well, 13th and 14th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk about what Geeks Out's doing there. Um, Geeks Out, uh, if you're listening to this but you're not very familiar, is um, a fan-based, non-profit social organization. We're based in New York, and we have monthly events for um, queer boys and girls, men and ladies who enjoy speculative fiction, science fiction, uh, fantasy, and comic books especially. Uh, One of our big missions... Sorry about that outside. Um, Asshole doing road work. Um... (laughs) The, what our, Geeks Out's non-profit mission uh, um, we like to bring a queer presence to geek events where there had not been uh, an official sort of queer presence before mm-hmm. this will be our second year at New York Comic Con we went last year for the first time and it was really amazing to see all the queer attendees able to more or less come out to us as being queer and at Comic Con because there's I think a feeling if you are going to self-identify so hard as super geeky to wear a costume to Comic-Con, then it's difficult to as well be queer there because you're already that much of an outsider. Um, And we wanted to reach out to young uh, geeks and queer uh, boys and girls growing up uh, all around, I guess, to say that rather than feeling doubly handicapped if you're growing up geeky and gay, you're just kind of doubly awesome. and that the world is changing in our favor. So we're going to be at Comic-Con. We're going to have a booth. Um, we'll be there all four days. And Bill is going to be there as well. Yeah. No, uh, no official presence for comic book bears, but I'll, I'll be in attendance all four days. Um, Jonah, can you just all... I, I, pardon? I come find us. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I I got assaulted by one of you last year and was you know kind of forced to buy a T-shirt happily. Did you remember which one it was? Oh, that'd be Joey. <laughs> oh. um, also, uh, that would be Joey. I've I've been uh, unfortunately I haven't been able to attend any of the Geeks Out events, but I've, you know some of them I, I seemed really interesting, like the George Takei's birthday and the other ones. Can you just describe some of the events you've had, the Doctor Who screenings? Because uh, they've been when I've been getting the emails and the notifications. They've been really interesting. I just haven't had – it just hasn't worked out that any of them have been ones that I can attend. So could you just uh, fill us in on some of the events that you've done in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we put our events on our website, geeksout.org. 
Um, so you can always track them there and our Facebook wall. Um, but today, in fact, the guys are going to the Paley Center in the city for a screening of an old Doctor Who episode from the 60s. I think it's one of the Tom Baker ones. Um, and then they'll probably meet up and go for a couple drinks or something afterwards. Um, we had uh, a porno bingo fundraiser the other night. Will Clark just calling out fun. Uh, it was just bingo when there was a porn star there. So it was good stuff. Um, we've gone to see the Avengers at the midnight screening. Um, we had an early uh, outing to the Museum of Sex when they had a sex and comics exhibition. Um, took a walk down the highway. We do fun stuff every month. Uh, often it's mixers to sort of uh, congregate with the community just at a bar or um, we'll do something a little more cultural or active. Um, which one were you talking about recently? I feel like I, I didn't answer your question exactly. Uh, no, I just you know, figured if, if people were tuning in that they might want to know about yeah, some of the events that you didn't It's fun stuff. I mean, if you're, it's hanging out with a bunch of um, happy homos who all like comic books and sci-fi movies, um, either just like at a bar hanging out, getting to know each other and making friends, or we'll go and sort of do something that involves geek culture and bringing support to, you know, that kind of fun Venn diagram where the gay world and the geek world overlap. Yeah, I've really been impressed with Geeks Out. I mean, since we've talked to you way back in, like, earlier this year, I think, just seeing the culture and community that you've built up around that group is really impressive, and I've kind of been envious because we're trying to do that in Orlando, but not nearly as successfully. Um, I mean, we have good geek culture, around our store, a comic shop, but uh, getting the gays to come to that or getting the geeks to go to the gay, it's, it hasn't quite happened, you know, so. That's another big part of, I think, our mission is to keep the, the gay community from icing out the nerdier, dorkier members of it, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's sort of in the way that the bears are, you know, we shouldn't feel not welcome to go into a gay bar if you're like an inside cat or if you like to play Dungeons and Dragons to um, and so that is a bit of what we're doing with Geeks Out. We're working both sides. You know, we're making the geek world, we're trying to keep the geek world friendly for the gays, trying to keep the gay world friendly for the geeks and let everybody know that we can all just have more fun right. if you're cool about it. Um, the George Takei event that uh, Bill brought up, we that was our big sort of fundraiser um, in March. We celebrated George Takei's 75th birthday with an art exhibition. We uh, solicited original works of art from... Um, friends of ours on the internet, designers and artists, and they all um, donated these works based on George Takei's persona and, and, and lifetime. Um, and we hung them all in the gallery space, and then we had a raffle for each piece, so you could come and show up with a work of art without having to bid. And we still beat her, and it was a really fun event, and it was on his 75th birthday, so he wasn't able to make it. Um, but that turned out to be a great, like, geek culture, gay celebration, because we were really sort of making him an icon of queer geek culture. Um, and if I may, I might break some news coming up that I told Dean and Sonia about on an interview with Australian Radio, is we're going to do that again in this upcoming March. And the subject of our show, the new queer icon, will be uh, Sigourney Weaver. Ooh. And the event is going to be called Dreamweaver. And so we're going to be setting up a website soon. I think we're going to have, um, it would be soliciting artwork from all kinds of people. We'll have a Tumblr and stuff, but that's going to be next spring's big, big event for us. Um, we've written to our agent. Haven't heard that. Yeah. But you did hear back from George, right? I'm sorry? You heard back from George Takei. 
Yeah, his um, we got into touch with his husband through a friend of ours, and they were really cool, and they were you know, happy to hear about it. Um, we made and sold T-shirts that say "To Kane Me Home Tonight," and so we sent him a couple of them, um, and and they seemed really pleased with the event. It was it was his birthday, and so we figured he probably already had plans. Right. Uh, turns out that he had a gig. He was narrating with Toronto him. something. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a busy man. He's yeah. a busy icon. I've- I'm I'm thrilled with how busy he is in his you know later years. I mean he's right. like I think upper sixties or early seventies, and seventy five. That's right. Oh my god. I mean he looks great, and I mean he's had such a resurgence because of really coming out. Um, that it's awesome that you guys honored him that way. I know Jared from our show submitted a piece. Yeah, his was great. I, I had one in there. Um, we had a great. We had a guy that used to do these amazing uh, illustrations for Entertainment Weekly. We had a lot of really fabulous fabulous artists uh participate and that was uh heartening to see that sort of outpouring yeah dean talk about uh some of the stuff you're doing down in melbourne because you've got quite a little gay community uh thing going with your gigs we do we do we're just trying to build it up more we found through doing the podcast uh it's basically me and my friend just geeking out and drinking and we took that from the beer garden to recording and through doing that we've actually found all these other people going yeah like i like that too and i, I listen to that as well and we've slowly been building our community and um with sonia from sci-fi and scream on joy 94.9 which is a gay and lesbian radio station here we have in australia um the two of us have been brainstorming we're trying to make events to we're really ins- we actually got really inspired by jono when we did an interview with uh him and Patrick from Geeks Out, and it just inspired us to do more things. So I'm um, setting up, we've got Armageddon coming up, which is um, our con at the end of the year, and uh, we've organ- we're organising a Saturday night uh, just event to go uh, Armageddon out of here and go to the pub. So we're just getting everyone from their cosplay, from the con to actually, when it finishes, get to the pub and come and geek out and chill out, and I'm actually going to be dressed as Dazzler, retro Dazzler, for that one. I, I need to, I, I need to stop getting drunk and saying, "Someone give me an idea," and that's what I'll come dressed as. So, retro Dazzler was the one for this. So, I'm dressing up as that. You're gonna do the butterflies and everything. Oh, of course, butterflies, blonde hair. I'm not gonna shave the sideburns off or my chest, so the hair will be flowing through. But I am, I have a drag queen friend actually making me the skin tight bodysuit. Oh my god. Ooh. Girl. <laughs> so it's going to be very ridiculous. But uh, we've, we've got that going on, which is great. And we're also, um, Brad and I, for the podcast, have been working on a coming out episode, which is actually where we're going to be talking about our coming out stories and what it's been like in comics or television shows for not just gay characters to come out but or, or gay superheroes to come out, but when heroes have to admit their secret identities, because that's the biggest equivalent we have to coming out and that kind of an experience. Very cool. Which I'm really pumped about. And then, and yeah. I mean, you're you're also hosting events and all that. Did you want to talk about oh, that? Yeah. Or? I'm jumping around like crazy. I've actually, uh, on the bear topic, uh, there's too many things going on in my head. Uh, on the bear topic, actually, for Bear Stock in Adelaide, I'm actually hosting their cabaret night, and I'm working on some scary songs and parody songs to do for that, and as well as uh, hosting some trivia and but it's a cock out and I, I seem to jump around like crazy. <laughs> and that's not even your day job, right? You actually have something else you do. What do you do, Dean? What don't I do is a better question. What don't <laughs> what do I do? do? What, were, what were you saying, Brian? I, I was saying, that's not, yeah, it's not even your full-time thing, right? I mean, you, this is stuff you just do at night. 
this is this is everything. I I, I do like twelve part time things. I oh. think is the best way to do it. Nice. I keep on juggling. I make my own shows, and I'm actually working on shows for our Melbourne Gay and Lesbian Festival at the moment. Oh wow! Which is great. Cool. Yeah. Um, Bill, let's talk about comic book bears and what's coming up with that. Well, yeah. Again, uh, as I said, we're not going to have an official presence at uh, New York Comic Con as. A podcast or whatever this eventually develops into, we're still pretty much in our infancy. Um, I'm hoping that by the time C2E2 comes around in Chicago next year, that there will be some official presence. That, you know, whether we'll be in Podcasting Alley or, or you know, some other, some other form in a, an official capacity. Um, but uh, you know, we are trying to get back on track. You know, summer's always tough with with the uh, schedule. So initially, we had hoped to. Um, have you know around two episodes a month? We we're down to one, but I think especially with Brian coming on, you know that we'll be a little more regimented and get back onto a, a two episode per month schedule. We'll see and, how that works. Um, yeah, if, if this is a promotion thing, I'll just um, yes. I'm also please. in a. I also was a singer in a band, and last year uh, we played our first live show in 18 years. Um, and uh, unfortunately, our bass player's daughter recently had a, uh, a diagnosis of, ex- uh, I'm not sure what level on the spectrum, but from what I understand, pretty high in the autistic spectrum. So we're going to be, con- uh, the, we're going to be contributing tracks to a, uh, um, a, uh, an album that's going to try to help fund um, some experimental treatment in relation to autism. And I'll pimp that once we uh, get going. So that's something else that I have. In the in the pipeline there, very cool. And uh, for those of us in Orlando, if you want to know all about the bear culture that we have growing here, uh, Pat will, I'm sure, tell you all about the exciting uh, stuff we got. Uh, just pretty much have our regular stuff going on <clears throat> right now. We just launched the website thebearsinthecity.com, so you can check it out. It's got the calendar of events and everything that we're doing there. Um, I also. And Jono will actually kind of get a kick out of this because we didn't touch on the superhero trivia night or game night at Rock Bar, but um, because I love Rock Bar. What's that? Tuesday we're at Rock Bar with superhero trivia with Jason Romas um, this coming Tuesday. Oh, this coming? The ninth. The Rock Bar is the old dugout? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll try to make that. At the dark, dark, scary end of Christopher Street. But it's <laughs> It's now my favorite end of Christopher Street now that the dugout's not there anymore. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was never a fan of the dugout. But um, we, <laughs> when I started this whole thing down here, um, I borrowed a page from their game night and had it going for a little while. Um, got that cut from the bar it was at for, you know, other reasons. But uh, we're actually going to be starting that back up at the Parliament House on Monday night, starting on the 15th of October, which is the lead-off to Bear Bust Week at Parliament House. So we're going to be doing that uh, 9 to midnight on Mondays. I do Barioke on Tuesday nights at Parliament also. Wednesdays at Stonewall. Thursday night at Sawmill. And then Sunday afternoon at Stonewall and Sunday night at Sawmill. So. If you've never been to Sawmill or Stonewall or any of these places and you come to Orlando, I mean, those are the, well, Bear Den at Parliament is kind of a more recent thing, and that's a great bear bar. 
Uh, Stonewall is not what I would call a bear bar, but it certainly has a good bear community that comes. And this is where I was saying it's a good mix of people, not just, you know, just young, just old. Um, we also have barcodes, but, you know, we don't really deal with them very much. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, Sawmill is a great gay campground. I know, Bill, you had talked about one that you had been to. I forgot the name of it. Uh, up that way. Gay campground, no? Maybe? No, I don't think that was me. Oh. <laughs> well, sorry. Actually, maybe Jono, was it you? We have become such stay-at-homes. Oh, man. Well, this could have been years ago. Anyway, so Sawmill yeah, is a, a huge community campground. They have homes. They have a bar, you know, pool, all this, like, resort stuff. It sounds uh, like an invitation, Brian. Are you inviting us all to come? Yeah. Well, we have to go. We have to go during some of the upcoming bear events, and once those get closer, I'll let you know. And you know, maybe maybe if it's not this year, sometime next year, we'll have a bear summit in person. We just got to coordinate with Dean to get him to fly up. Which I oh. need to do that. I just need enough events for me to just jump over and have a never-ending holiday of <laughs> great. Great fun. And I've seen and his comps. vacation pictures. He took himself to, like, Fiji or Papua New Guinea or some, like, amazing little island that's 50 feet from Australia. But right. he took himself to America. I went to Bali for my first holiday in seven years. I had two weeks, and I'm planning a big one, so I'm going to tour. <laughs> well, definitely next year we'll, there will be some bear events that we'll want to promote. We'll, we'll have another bear summit probably in the spring or something. I don't know. We may, maybe we should do a Bear Summit hibernation edition or something. <laughs> oh, yes, when flannel and corduroy and... Exactly. <laughs> ...by the fire. Um, so Bear Bust, uh, Pat mentioned Bear Bust. This will actually be another big event and has been for years in Orlando. It used to be out of full moon, and now Parliament has it. Flame On will actually be out there with a booth, uh, though I, I'm kind of still not sure who's going to actually be there other than Pat... Uh, and maybe one other person because I'm actually going to be in D.C. until Saturday of the event. Um, but we're going to have a presence and we're going to have buttons and swag and all that stuff we, we gave out at MegaCon and, uh, and Heroes Con. Actually, Heroes Con. Um, but the other thing uh, coming out, and this is something I'm really excited about, is I actually did a webcom or a webcomic. I did a comic, my very first comic, with Jeremy Owen from Burley Press. Do you guys know Jeremy or know of him? He did yeah. Bludgeon, and uh, I forgot the other big one he did a while ago. Um, he and I kind of been corresponding about his stuff, and I've been putting flyers out for him at different events. And our local comic store, Comic Shop, was doing uh, an anthology series. Uh, they've done two issues, and this is the third issue. And I had been the editor on the last issue, and my friend who's now the editor has said, hey, you should write something. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. So... Uh, it's actually called Jam. I put a picture up on the Flame On webpage, or uh, not website, the Facebook page, and it looks great. I'm very excited. It's only a four-pager. It's nothing fancy. There's no dialogue even. It's a silent thing. But I am so tickled with how it turned out, and Jeremy did some amazing stuff in it, and it's coming out uh, as part of this third issue. So once that's out, it's going to probably go up either on Comixology or graphically. We haven't decided which one we're doing. So and you wrote a comic book with no lines? Yeah, <laughs> your writing was just draw some pretty you things. Break your pencil doing that? Listen. You got a carpal tunnel now from all hey. the time? <laughs> I could have had dialogue. Honestly, I, I actually wrote another thing. I had dialogue. But I talked to Jeremy, and I said, you know, honestly, this is my first go. 
I just want it to be expressive. I want to I want to have a professional like Jeremy do the cartooning and tell the story. So I wrote the scenes. I wrote the outline. You know, I wrote the the story, but then he took it and and really told it. So you know, shut up. <laughs> My first comic. <laughs> do you have a comic? No. No. It it really it looks good. I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm really happy about it. So anyway, it will be out. I may even send you guys PDFs of it because you know. You can see it ahead of time. We'll put it up on Geeks Out. When it, when it comes out, and actually, I think Jeremy might even sell it on his website somehow. I don't know. He has all this stuff figured out. So, yes, it will be available beyond just my little store, hopefully. So we'll, I'm very yeah, excited about that. We'll put something on Geeks Out. Let me know. Definitely. And we're also talking about doing a webcomic. Hasn't really fleshed out into anything yet, but hopefully we're going to do something. Uh, speaking of webcomics, Flame On is going to be doing a uh, a gay webcomic series uh, or uh, a series of interviews I should say with different oh. uh, webcomic uh, gay comic artists um, specifically so we can start to build a, like a list of these people because like when I was talking to Bill at Baltimore I was like how do we know who's here from our community just so we could go say hi and see what they have right. and only just by kind of wandering around and looking closely did you yeah. could we figure that out um, I actually had you guys will appreciate this uh, one of the artists that I saw doing some sort of gay, sort of, I don't know, uh, there's a term for it, I forgot, but I had him do a Captain Britain commission Ooh. that's kind of bearish. <laughs> so I'm going to put this I up. Hope you guys, I've already seen this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's getting totally washed out. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I have a scan of it I'll put up, and uh, she did a really nice job. Um, what else? Uh so anyway, we're going to interview those. Uh, Ra- uh, the guy does Ross Boston, the webcomic. We're going to interview him. Uh, Andrew Smith, I think. Do you know Prism Comics, Brian? Uh, I know Prism know? and I know Class, and I think we have contacts with both. But Yeah, Prism's usually a really great resource for knowing both like who's who in the industry, um, but also when they go to their to, to cons, they, they will put out what's called like, the gay agenda, and they'll print like a, a gay program for right the, the only problem with them is they only do the cons they go to and those are usually the ones on the west coast right yeah they are they're seattle based so, so i mean if they're traveling artists you can pick up names true know? so i may start with them but i actually really want to for every con that's like you know at a sort of a major city i actually want to have some list even if it's like two people you yeah, know okay. so um that's and new york i don't know if any of the big ones are coming to new york but i would expect maybe um, I haven't kept up, frankly. I could have, but I kept up on who the artists are going to be because we're a little bit tunnel vision with our booth. We've got artists coming to That's the cool. We have a number of queer artists, and you can find those um, probably on our website soon. Um, another board member, my very good friend Josh, who started the group, is puppeteering all of that. Um, but we're going to have artists all four days at the booth. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and... Um, so we will have some kind of resource about who's there uh, for New York. But beyond that, like the, the bigger professional artists, um, I think Prism is going to be at New York Comic Con, even if our very good and deliciously berry friend Zan Christensen is not. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's terrible. Um, but Prism is going to be here, so they'll probably do a New York Comic Con gay agenda. They almost always do. Mm-hmm. And, I'll have to uh, look for we'll it. Have at our booth, and there are downloadable PDFs usually as well that you can get from the Prism site. Okay. Yeah, I'll check that out and we'll put it up because yeah, I just like I said, we were kind of wandering around and we found like two or three different things. And Dragon Con supposedly had a few more, so I, I, we missed that this year. But maybe well, next year. Dragon, the title. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's supposedly like the craziest, wildest party con of all of them. So, how did you find the Baltimore con? Did you was it queer friendly for you guys? Was um, there not necessarily queer friendly, but I had heard about it. Um, I think Bill actually, you're the one that yeah. mentioned it. And the, the thing about uh, Baltimore Comic Con is it's just comics. Yes. You know, uh, you know, you'll have cosplay. You'll see Mr. T walking around and Daleks and whatever. But um, at least in terms of the, at least in terms of the programming content and the guest they book, it's just comics. Is there? So it's like all the exhibitors and booths and stuff are stores and, and artists. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And it, it, they do have a very healthy artist alley section. Um, it's uh, you know, it's 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 like some of these other cons with some of the other genre stuff removed. Yeah. So I mean, what we do, we we have some eats out like swag to sell if we want, but we mostly like to go just to sort of declare to the other con goers that gay fandom is like an official thing. Yeah. That, the New York Con and is a real part of this world. Uh, it almost sounds like you know we should consider doing that in other cities so well, let other people know. That's what Flame On's been trying to do, and we did it with Charlotte with the Heroes Con. And yeah, Bill and I had talked about doing it at Baltimore, but we just thought, oh, it was a couple hundred dollars for the booth for two days. And I said, eh, it's probably not worth it. Well, the problem was we're walking around and all these bears, obviously gay people, and not just bears, but there's others too. We're walking around, and I just kind of want to run up and give them a flyer, but then I don't want to be like, oh, here's a gay show, and then they go, oh, oh, I'm not gay. You know I mean? I just It was one of those things where finally I think one guy had the bear flag on his shirt, and I'm like, here you go. <laughs> Take a flyer. Um, and then somebody found me, I think, on Scruff maybe, or someone messaged me later out on Facebook, and they said they had found their card. We left a bunch of cards out on the table, so, you know. That worked, but uh... roughing you like at the con, somebody finds you fifty yards away. <laughs> yeah, and actually, when you, when you mentioned that um, Philly might be a good one to to uh, target because Philly uh, Philly's Wizard World generally yeah. falls upon their generally falls upon the same period as their Pride. Oh, hey, cool. so that might be a good one to attack if the dates align. Well, but if everybody's at the Pride Festival, then they're not going to be at the the con unless they go the day before. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. tough, but. I definitely would like to see our organizations respectively get out there and do what you're saying, Jono, and have a presence there because well, your, it is important. Your, your instinct about wanting to reach out to the people that you saw um, is something that we also sort of shared from our booth that we would see people walk by and we couldn't shout out like, hey, are you gay? <laughs> you know, so most, I think Bill, who got co-opted into buying a T-shirt, probably met Joey, our, one of our presidents. Our yeah, I think that and, was his name. And um, so he basically addressed me. Yeah, the method that he found to get into the right people is he would just shout out, "Hey, girl!" And if they turn their head, <laughs> we knew we had them. And then we'd be like, "Come on, we come on!" And they would like smile shyly and sort of shuffle over, like, "Ah, oh, you caught me." And so it works every time. Just do it. And then we had we had stickers that said, "Geeks out thinks I'm hot." And we kept putting them on people throughout the con. And it got to be fun until, like, kids would want one. And oh. <laughs> yeah. The kids would come by our booth, and they'd take a flyer, and I'd just be like, oh, don't. Oh, I can't stop you. Yeah, we had a couple of moms <laughs> take them out of their kids' hands because they were real brightly printed and colorful and stuff, so kids would just grab them. Of course, of course, yeah. This year we'll have stickers that say, Geeks Out thinks I'm fierce. So anybody can get one. Little kids, big, you know. And it'll encompass hot or just awesome or anything. And your site content's not necessarily it's it's sort of all ages ish. It's not explicit or anything. So no, I mean we're there's not 
anything. Uh, it probably me if it was anything like vaguely explicit or sweary. I, I swear. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it, we are all ages friendly. Most of our events in the city just bites into the fact that we're trying to gather an adult community, take place in like bars and stuff like that. But um, it's very important to us to parlay the credibility and sort of the social energy that we're getting into something forward moving and not perhaps not necessarily activist but um, one thing that was incredibly gratifying that we didn't even really expect was the first day of New York Comic Con and perhaps a lot of Comic Cons are professionals only um, and that is not only industry professionals but it also encompasses um, teachers, librarians and um, just people who work in media and a lot of the people that came up to the Geeks Out booth the very first day were teachers, were people who work with student groups um, on their campuses or at their schools and who were trying to find a resource for kids that they could maybe see who are not necessarily in trouble but are probably heading down the sort of geeky or queer path. And they don't, there aren't a lot of signposts for that path out there. You know, mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of people who have sort of stopped where we are and looked back to try to you know help the next group of kids down the road right and so i think that's something that we're really excited about figuring out how to do in the right respectful uh, you know um approachable kind of legit way well it's it's a great mission you guys have and uh, i'm i'm as i say we're all i think we're all inspired by it in some way to try to do that with our own groups yeah um, and geek pride is something that we really need to instill in our general communities not yeah. just gay pride but like be proud of you know no doctor who has never been more popular avengers is like the number one fucking movie of all time you know anybody play a video game anybody read a book lately mm -hmm. you're all geek you know everybody should get over it and, you know <laughs> very nice well uh thank you guys for joining us uh i hope this success we can do this as a seasonal thing do an update on uh, bear culture maybe next time where the bears are will have landed a, a recurring thing on logo or some other network uh well, I, you know i, I don't know they'll be the new power players <laughs> scary thought but it could happen so uh again thank you guys uh flameonshow.com is our website geeksout.org right comic book bears doesn't have a site per se it's like what libsyn no i have been squatting on it okay. um <laughs> the dot com. Um, yeah, the best resource would be uh, Comic Book Bears podcast at Facebook, and also the Lipson page. Probably the Lipson page would be a, a decent. If you Google, uh, I think Comic Book Bears comes up pretty regularly or readily. Um, Dean, what's the site for you guys? Diefire.com.au. Dot com. Dot au. And uh, Pat, they got the. Uh, Pat, the sites. where can we find you? Right here in this room. I mean, why? Besides on the floor of Brian's studio. <laughs> Not too far off of that, actually. Uh, TheBearsInTheCity.com or Facebook.com forward slash B-E-A-R-A-O-K-E or forward slash Bears in the City. And Barioke Orlando. We don't really use that one all that much. I like that one because it's easy. People say, what's your website? Barioke Orlando. Oh. Yeah, but then you got to spell it for them because nobody can spell it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it all sounds like nonsense. Very Orlando. It is a lot of syllables, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway. It's it's more a matter of trying to spell it for them because oh yeah, people can't spell karaoke, <laughs> let alone karaoke. <laughs> Could you spell that in kanji so I can follow this? Because I don't. Anyway, so thank you guys. And on that note, uh, I will do our flame on flame out. The thing that jo uh, oh. 
<laughs> I've just outed our, our mysterious question. I'll have to cut that. Um, on that note, uh, flame out. I want to be a What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.